Hello, campers. You're listening to Scary Stories from Camp Roanoke, the podcast where we tell each other true scary stories. My name is Katie Wiggins. I'm Morgan Briscoe. And uh, today is a very special day. I feel like I say that often, and then (laughs) I have to think about how how to justify that statement. Today is special because... We're at camp? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Uh, wait, no. A oh, now I, I never ever thought I would say. You know how I feel about camp. <laughs> As a former camp hater, so today is special because we have some um, some good news for everyone mm-hmm. today. Well, today this is going to be the first one that we do that we episode that we post where we are officially affiliated with a podcast network. Woo! So the Phantom Podcast Network, downright creepy. So that's really fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's exciting Very news. Exciting. And then also, we finally have merch. <gasps> merch we have merch. merchandise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you have uh, been a fan of the show and you want to support us, mm-hmm. or if you just want to straight up identify yourself as a camper, mm-hmm. we have some camp gear for mm-hmm. you to do just that. Mm-hmm. You uh, tell, tell them how to, mm-hmm. tell them how to oh, get there, right, Morgan. I'll tell them how to get there. You search Redbubble. You go on the little search bar in Redbubble. You look up scary stories from Camp Roanoke. It says see profile. You click see profile and there we are. And you can get your laptop sleeves, your notebooks, your coffee mugs, your pillow throws, your stickers, anything you can think of, you can buy. Except t-shirts yet. Exactly. But we're working on that. Exactly. I know, which is so funny because like so many people want t-shirts, but it's like you no. be patient. <laughs> Do you, you get your get, get everything hardcover else notebook yeah. first, <laughs> and then you can upgrade. Yeah. Um, what else? I think we so should. Got, oh, it's redbubble.com, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's that. I have some television recommendations because, okay, usually on Netflix, I'm like a I'm like a casual viewer. I like put Parks and Rec on and just be like, oh la la la, this doesn't make me sad about any wars. <laughs> so this is fine. So I'm not usually like crazy passionate about the television shows that I find, especially now that I've watched all the episodes of The Crown. Mm. But I found this show called Cold Justice. It has made me excited in a way that a television show that is clearly underfunded has <laughs> n- n- never done it's these it's this badass woman from texas Ayo. she's from matagorda county and oh I my that- god i go there in the summers exactly i didn't know there were she's women ma- there <laughs> <laughs> she's well, the only one she doesn't live there anymore okay that's, there you go they, that's oh, how she did it moved away she got out so she is a prosecutor and she's got this incredible accent her name is Kelly, and she works with this other woman who is a crime scene investigator, and they travel around the United States and basically pop open cold cases, and then they fucking solve them. And these women are so hardcore. They're so fucking smart. They are on top of it. Oh, man. And when they go around, they have these, like, special, like, They'll, like, bring in a certain, like, investigator that they really like or they, like, but they meet up with each of these, like, little police, like, these little sheriff's offices Mm -hmm. and they'd be like, we've been wanting to 
prosecute this guy for years, but we've never been able to get enough evidence or we or no one wants to talk because they're a gang member and they're scared. Like, so there's all this stuff and they just fucking go in there. And like That's more awesome. often than not, they end up getting it to court like they end up bringing it back and getting cold. Just so it's real. Yes, it's all real. Oh! And it's created by the guy who created Law and Order. Oh, damn. Dick Wolf, I believe. Yeah, I think so. So, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So, uh, and when I watch it, my Texas accent comes out so Hail intensely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it is so funny. But I'm like, man, these women. <laughs> oh, I just want to hang out with them so bad. Oh, God, it's just so amazing. Awesome. And I'm just, like, so floored by, like, the other, like, these, like, good old boy like texas investigators they're like how y'all doing today you mind if i talk to you for a second so i'm trying to put together in my mind how if you were in missouri county how she was able to then get a phone call from you that we can tell your records are we're in the the travis county at the time and it's just (laughs) it's just like for some reason that just like totally floors me that's amazing (laughs) like that kind of talk So if you like true crime and true ghost stories, uh, there's no ghosts. But uh, but we are ghost people, and we approve of this <laughs> of this television show, Cold Justice. Look it up. Now, Netflix. do you watch Black Cold Mirror? Justice? No, because I don't need any more anxiety. It's, yeah, it's in my anxiety life. inducing. A lot of the episodes. yeah, no, that's fair. I don't need it. That's fair. Don't need it. I started watching Caesar Milan 911 because I need more dogs in my life. <laughs> and it's not good, I'll admit it. But they had a 140 pound yellow lab on the other day, and they described him when he was trying to get into the car and he wouldn't do it as melting. And. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. <laughs> Caesar Milan nine one one. It's all Holy the shit. the worst dogs, and every time it's no, the dog is just really anxious, and the owner is just really bad at their job. And that's literally it every time. And then he grabs a dog immediately, and then they're changed dogs forever. <laughs> oh my god! And I eat that shit up. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, it's so you fun. love dogs more than anyone I know. I know and everybody on Facebook like says they love dogs but you literally your know. job yeah. is to clean up after them and, and you like also them. go out of your way to search for media mm-hmm. to also view more dogs mm-hmm. I do it's true it's true like nobody okay on winter break I was watching a dog New Year's walking a dog not even my own <laughs> dog there you go That's incredible. Uh, I feel like I had more interesting things oh, to say. Oh, I want to... Oh. oh, yeah, you go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> We're like, uh, interesting words. Oh, I know some. <laughs> Vestibule. No. Cacophony. So that is an interesting word. But uh, I also have a podcast recommendation. It's called We Are No Doctors. And it is just two actors <laughs> who uh, are hypochondriacs who like oh, to talk God, about yeah. health there we issues. Go. So, yeah, is exactly. Which is like, <laughs> mm, settle in. <laughs> yes. And um, they recently day. had an episode on depression mm-hmm. featuring Andy Richter. And I always 
I think everyone sort of just like thought of Andy Richter as kind of a funny side personality, but his what he speaks about on the podcast was so concise and meaningful and horribly sad, but so comforting if you or your family or your loved one has ever like suffered from mental health issues that have like really had an effect on your life. And it is so, so wonderful. I listened to it on the bus and I don't know why I choose to like have these horrifying, like beautiful, like bleak moments on New York City transportation. But uh, it was it was amazing. And and he really did an excellent job. So if you want to listen to a podcast about funny people talking about their health issues. Um, besides this definitely, one. Definitely. <laughs> besides this one. Uh, then We Are No Doctors is so oh, good. Oh, that sounds really cool. Okay. Yeah, so that's 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 all of my recommendations that I have so far. That's awesome. I had it's not like a paranormal news thing, but it made me feel it, it's kind of paranormal related. Did you hear about Logan Paul and the Japanese suicide forest? Yes. That yes, I did. Akogaki, I think, is what it's called. That thoroughly pissed me off, and I just I... want to reiterate. I feel like we've said this a million times before. We. We're not doing this because we want to make fun of people or enjoy their plight. We respect the people we're talking about. We're we're not taking well, not a, we're all not all the like, people we talk well, about. We still Zach talk Baggins. about ghost adventures. <laughs> <laughs> I God, he for those of you who don't know the story, it's all over the news. He's a vlogger. His listeners are like 12-year-old girls and he went to the Japanese suicide forest, found a dead man. Did you hear what his son said? The the son of the guy who was dead? No, God, I didn't know that he, they identified him. The wife came out and said that that was her husband that had died a while back. And that the son <sighs> blames himself because they had a fight. And then the dad went out that day to the forest. Mm. And it was... The kid's already traumatized because of that. And then he saw his dad on some asshats vlog. Oh my god. And further confirmed the feelings he was having, and he's further traumatized. And I think Logan Paul is a piece of trash. And I just wanted to tell everyone that. Okay, good. I don't think you're going to get a lot of controversy no. from that. Yeah, no. Ian told me about it, that he had just like come across it. And I was like, wow, just like so many issues with that. There's just a lot of issues. Out of the yeah. gate. What a problem. Yeah. Ugh. But I think it's it's time. Oh. To close the app and tell a few scary stories to each other. I'm really excited. <laughs> I had fun researching this one. This Fantastic. One. I'm so excited. I, You know, at the end of the day, this fucking podcast has been such an extraordinary up and down, <clears throat> all around <clears throat> details and conflicts and Is this our figuring first everything out. Year? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well i hope everyone had a happy new year's <laughs> um, i don't we don't know if we've done this already but happy new year's <laughs> yeah definitely but um but like at the end of the day mm -hmm. what i really just love is a good ghost story mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's what i want to hear so that's fantastic i'm happy new year's same me let's go <laughs> <clears throat> okay. I'm also feeling better, so my voice should sound a little bit better. So, woohoo! Are you ready, Katie? 
I was born ready. Alright. I'm gonna talk about the Sally House. Okay. Now, I've done all this research, and I'm realizing that I didn't write down where it is, but <laughs> I think it's in Kentucky. I'm pretty sure it's in Kentucky. Okay. <laughs> wow. Good Good for me. <clears throat> so, I'm gonna give a little back history to the house, because that's part of my favorite part, is researching the house in depth. And that way I feel like if there's some missing puzzle pieces to who's haunting it, I can kind of fill them in myself with who's lived there and what's happened to them. Right. And there's been some interesting people that have lived here. So it was built in 1867 by Michael Finney, and the house will stay in the Finney name for almost 100 years. He had a wife, two sons, one daughter. Michael Finney died in the house like five years later. And then two years later, his son died in the house. And all everyone that died in the house died of natural causes. Mm-hmm. One of his sons, Charles Finney, who was a doctor, fun note, which I almost didn't even know, he was a figure skater, he was gold medalist, for some reason they kicked him out of the competition, but he would secretly skate as a Miss Colby of Baltimore in drag, and he was unclockable, and I was like, this is the story that was born, I was born for this, this is oh for God. me, Charles, I love you, so 1800s drag skater revolutionary they even mentioned it in his obituary which i thought would have been way too scandalous to even note maybe that's why he got kicked out of the league (laughs) but miss colby of baltimore (laughs) oh my god why wouldn't he just put on a fake mustache and try to be another man (laughs) that's because this was way more fun like, why was the only other option being the... <gasps> I guess I'll just do drag now. <laughs> don't we all? If they don't like me as a man. They'll love me Let's as a Let's see how woman. they like Miss Colby. <laughs> <laughs> renowned doctor. Renowned diva. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's my favorite. Wow. Forget the rest of the story. That's it. That's all I got. No. So (laughs) the other son, um, he built a house next door on the same property and rented it out to an air quote, mentally unstable woman. And I say air quote because this was like late mid 1800s. She probably just did some math and (laughs) they assumed she was messed up in the head, which, which she, they, they spoke about the judge sending her off to a mental institute and then handcuffing her and saying they needed at least four men to handle her. And I don't I don't believe it. But at one point she tried to kill her son and herself by gassing them to death and only killed her son. So something might have been a bit off with her. Yeah, maybe. I so, mean, so she murdered her child. But I don't, maybe they drove her to be crazy. I don't believe she was always crazy. I believe you, Joanna. I believe you. Wait, her name is Joanna? Mm-hmm. <gasps> That's mm-hmm. some Sweeney Todd-ass mm-hmm. shit. So, oh, no, I can't talk without ruining a 30-year-old without. musical. <laughs> 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 so, I won't get into no. it. But, uh, yeah, maybe she, like, overdosed on arsenic and then went insane because mm. of the demon barber of Fleet Street. Maybe it was, that was made after her. I probably not. think that's probably exactly right. 
I'm going to write to Stephen Sondheim okay. and see what's up. Good idea. So, wait, why, girl, I think this woman was, like, straight up insane. She might have been I straight up she insane. Wasn't, I think she was probably definitely was probably insane. insane. I, I didn't believe them until I read that, and I was like, ooh, okay, fine. Yeah. You got me. I don't me. think that's, like, there. lady problems. You got me I think, there. like, if you try to kill yourself and your son. And fail. And she just gave and up. <laughs> she was like, oh, well, bye, little Jimmy. I'll try Jesus again Christ. with my two other kids. Oh my god, yeah. I think they were probably right when they said she was mentally yeah. unstable. So, she gave the house rights back to the Finney family in 1906. She signed it off to the one daughter, Agnes Finney. Agnes married. Her husband died in the house. She rented the house to boarders and lived there until she was older and died of an illness in 1939. So, four people total died in this house. None of mm-hmm. murderous intent. I think... Joanna killed their son off of the site. So, okay. none of that happened there. But she did live there for a while. So, her essence. She might have gone there. I don't know. So, there was a brief time period after the 30s where no one knows who lived in the house. In 1958, a female nurse lived alone in the house. While she was living there, a fire broke out in what is now known as the nursery. And the cause has never been determined. But I think mm-hmm. I know what did it. Fun note, she had 16 grandkids and 17 great-grandkids, and I can't think of a worse way to live. I would never want that many children in my life. surrounded by your loved ones. (laughs) That's too many children. I wouldn't even remember all their names, honestly. Wait, uh, did she have a... She had a husband. She divorced her husband before she moved in the house. Oh, scandalous. Yes, yeah. I think... She divorced him for negligence or whatever they could get away with, and they gave it to her, so he must have been a, a real asshat for them to grant her yeah. a divorce in the 50s. Yeah. If you divorce someone at that point, you have to, like, legally And she had enough money to an... live on her own, so. Damn. Yeah. Must have been serious. And have, like, a gigantic brood. Millions! The line still exists. Well, yeah, it probably would still exist. So, why is it called the Sally House? You might be wondering. So the time period is unknown. It's hard to pin down. It's when a doctor was living in the house. We know that Charles Finney, drag queen extraordinaire, was also a doctor. And we know... Drag figure (laughs) skater. Drag figure skater. Not only drag. There's so much pageantry, I can't. So I don't... (laughs) I don't know if it was... (laughs) The pageantry... I think it might have been when he was living in the house, or it might have been in the 30s when we don't know who lived there, but Mm -hmm. someone was living in the house as a doctor. The Mm -hmm. front of the house served as an office space and examination room, and the family lived upstairs. We know that. So one day, a frantic mother arrived carrying Sally, her six, seven-year-old daughter, and Mm -hmm. she had severe abdom- Why can't I say that? Abdominal? Abdominal pain. Thank you. Um, Mm -hmm. he knew right away she needed her appendix removed and it would burst if he didn't operate immediately. So before Mm -hmm. the anesthesia kicked in, he began operating. Mm -hmm. So Sally was screaming, crying out in pain, and then she suddenly stopped and became pale and she died on the operating table in the house. Most likely believing that someone was torturing her because a seven-year-old girl who's just in a ton of pain and is invoked more pain and didn't get fixed probably assumed she was just 
being hurt. So, but like, so talking about like risk factors, like wouldn't I don't know anything about <clears throat> medicine, right? But We're not like, wouldn't it be? I guess it, he would have thought that it would be more of a risk to allow the appendix to burst. Yeah, I think you can really fuck up a lot of your organs if your appendix bursts. Right. And especially it being, it was like probably 1800s when this happened. He would not, mm. he would have just called it a lost cause if her appendix would have burst, probably. I don't know if he would have known mm. what to do. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. That's awful. Uh, yeah. Poor baby. And that's Sally? That's Sally. Mm-hmm. S-A-L-L-I-E, which they are, it's, they spell it like that because of the time period she was in, so it was most likely in the 1800s, because that's how they spelled it mm-hmm. longer ago, not with a Y. So, fast forward to the 90s, when Tony and Deborah Pickman live in the house, Damn. And they Tony and Deborah. That's literally the most nineties couple name. Yeah, and their baby Tony Taylor. And Deborah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very nineties. Oh hell yeah. Hell and yeah. to have a baby named Taylor. Mm-hmm. You know how many fucking twenty five year old Taylors are running around right now? I work now? with one. <laughs> <laughs> so there wasn't much paranormal experience in the house until the nineties. It really kicked off. That we know of. You know, there's that gap of time where we don't know what really happened. There was the fire in the 50s, which I do believe was Sally. And I'll get into why I think that was Sally. But I'm going to go into more what Tony and Deborah experienced. They sought out investigators from the 90s TV show Sightings, which I watched a little bit of. Have you seen it? No, there's a 90s paranormal television show called Sightings. Yeah. I watched, I'm going to get all up in that it, shit. I watched a few minutes of it. it <laughs> that's how long you can That's how long you get through. It was, it felt like a news broadcasting. Like I was watching like a, just a news show at first. Mm-hmm. It was very strange. It wasn't at all the pageantry that we get now with paranormal shows. There weren't many cut scenes and the, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about the I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it about. was very we're we're at the house. We blurred out the family's face. They don't want to be known, which now they're nothing but known. <laughs> so, but um and since then a ton of investigators have gone to this house and almost every time someone investigates, people get scratched or cut. And nice. Tony says he lived in this house and for months he just continually was scratched by he believes it was Sally. Mhm. But Deborah and her child to- Taylor, I keep wanting to say her child's name is Tony. Um <laughs> <laughs> Tony and Tony. Deborah and her Tony baby Jr. never got Ugh. cut. And the baby was a newborn when the activity started happening. Mm-hmm. Tony also said I watched him in an interview say that he couldn't think happy thoughts in this house that it made him and I'm quoting him want to slit his wife's throat when she got home from work and he still struggles with this to this day. What the And he was saying that right in front of her and she was acting like he just said he wanted a sandwich for lunch. She was totally calm with it. I'd be... That's some shining shit. Yeah. I think there might be another presence besides Sally. Here's the fucking thing. Children? Mm. Not typically evil. Yeah. And can like... I say that, and I just started a new job as a babysitter. Who's a seven-year-old girl, yeah? 
Yeah. With a seven-year-old yeah. girl. With the salad. And I can tell own. you right now that, that they're a lot smarter than you remember mm. being at seven. Like, she, like, <laughs> built this whole robot Lego thing. Oh and I was God. like, wow, I never, ever, I ever couldn't do that, that today. when I was younger. And um, so, like, seven-year-olds are pretty smart. And they're not the most empathetic people in the world. Fair. But they're definitely they're not, not malicious. Actively evil. Yeah. Uh. What, what uh, and and Deborah's relationship that... with Sally was nothing but sweet and compassionate, and like she was one of her own. So right. I find it hard to believe that Sally was really nice to Deborah and the baby, and just spiteful mm. and violent to Tony. Yeah, when you get like scratches and feelings of murder. That tells That's me in human spirit. That tells me something yeah. that thrives on death and destruction and grief and pain and, and horrible feelings. And not that many... Not ch- children don't even know enough to feel that. I feel like they haven't had enough experience. And she's been around for a long time, granted, but nothing's really happened to her that would make know. her feel like that. I mean, as much as it appears to be true that children thrive in chaos they don't want to like force family members to kill each other why would she want him to kill her if if she likes her you know it just doesn't it doesn't make sense it doesn't add up and it doesn't make sense we need to do some more research on this let's cold justice (laughs) i've got a lot of stories and research about sally sightings and experiences but not much on anything else in the house i know that They've gotten EVPs of a little boy, and when they talk mm-hmm. to the little boy, people have found felt tugging on their leg. Mm-hmm. I know that they have taken pictures where they see a male figure in a uniform holding a bayonet, and uh, they've huh. had a photo of just a looming black presence, okay. which feels like that's what's going on. Right. But it's strange because Sally doesn't... Not Sally. Deborah doesn't really talk about that a lot. She, I've never... I've read a lot of her personal stories that she's written about her experiences and she never mentions the negative stuff i think it mm-hmm. targets tony in a kind of the shining sense so and also keep in mind do we have any f- f- so inhuman things tend to pretend to be children it's like kind of their yeah. thing that's like their fun thing i'm not saying that a yeah, little girl yeah. did not die there or that a little girl doesn't hang around there mm-hmm. but like it's really important to remember i think just they, in general they, for anyone yeah. if they're like using i've like talked to people so many times seen so many shows where this happens they'll like bust out a ouija board start talking to somebody who makes themselves appear as if to like they're mm-hmm. a child and then they instantly gain your sympathy and your trust and then they strike or ter- end up being the worst mm-hmm. thing you can imagine. So, and it's interesting because I think that's why I chose the story. I think I read an article that was like, people think it's a ghost girl, but it's secretly a demon. And looking at my research, I'm gonna read all the stories and let y'all we'll talk about what we think after that. But I don't. Mm-hmm. I think there might be a separate thing there. But I think. I mean, but also something that's been around since the 1800s. Like you could very well just have some. Like some fucking soldier hanging yeah. out, like occasionally, like Joanna there could might be, be there. some visiting. There could be yeah. an unbalanced, like I don't know. There mm. stuff and gets also, drawn like, to places. 
Yeah, and I feel like when something really horrible happens in a place, it almost like this is all <laughs> we're no psychics. <laughs> That'll be the <laughs> that's the name of our fucking podcast. We're no psychics, <laughs> but but it feels like when something really horrible happens in a place, it almost like Attracts. it like permanently like stains the ground almost mm-hmm. like it like stains the area, and I feel like that can almost become like a breeding ground yeah, for more it becomes like a cycle. bad horrible things mm-hmm. i don't know that's just obviously right my opinion and i, I totally hearsay. agree it's hearsay hey, it's gonna be hearsay unless we can get some better witnesses and unless we can bring that to the courtroom oh, court <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay now let's get to some <laughs> spooky shit here's some things <laughs> that investigators and the people Deborah and Tony have experienced apparitions, flying objects, animal and human voices, smells, hair pulling. Animal voices? I know. Oh I was like, excuse me? What kind of animal? If it's a cat, that's fine. But if it's an ostrich, we need to have a conversation. Something's going on. What the fuck? Which might be demonic if it's a growling. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um... Object manifestation. Oh, fucking goose. <laughs> a quick pigeon ghost. Um. Uh, so a pigeon almost flew into my <gasps> face the other day. I almost fucking punched that shit out of the air. <laughs> that oh. would have been awesome. Pigeons oh, are man. nasty. They're the flying bastards. rats. That's what they are. Oh, hot take of the year. Local New Yorker doesn't like pigeons. <laughs> Stop the presses. Yeah. So. <laughs> Object manifestation, pushing, pictures turning upside down, appliances on and offing. That's what we got going on. I found some EVPs saying, no help there. Sick. How come you put me down? Maggots. Good night, Edward. God picked the time. <laughs> Just whoa, some. Whoa, wait. As all of my English professors would say, let's unpack some of this. <laughs> um, I know there was a man named Edward that lived in the house at one point. There's no help there. Maggots. Good night, Edward. Good night, John Boy. Good night, Edward. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> wait, that's a reference to the wall. Sometimes I yeah, make references a... that, like, my. Well, there was I feel like, like, like I should them. know, but I don't know. There was a ton what? of kids, and they're all like, "Good night, uh, good night." Nah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the Waltons I think it's or the Waltons. the Waltons, something. Yeah, I don't know. Wholesome ass family. I watch too much Simpsons. I make references to references I don't understand. Fair enough. Um, um, okay. Wait. So, what was some other of the thing of the EVPs? No help there. No help there. Okay. Sick. Which sick. if sick <laughs> if two doctors had li- lived there. That would make sense. Yeah. Rad. That was the 90s ghost. Sick. Uh, Trying to be relevant. (laughs) And they heard a... (laughs) (laughs) What if you fucking caught that on an EVP? (laughs) Totally tubular, dude. They might, uh, 50 years from now, hear some rad ghosts. Some sweet pow pow. Uh, that's powdered go- uh, ghost. Powdered ghost is called pow pow. No, uh, powder like a uh, fine like soft snow. It's like snow bro talk. Oh my god! Some sweet pow pow on the slopes. Stop. 
I don't know. Snow bro is my new favorite like of the subcategory of bro. That's I've never heard of that. I like that. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Snow bro. So I don't I don't really understand a lot of the references the EVPs might be making. Well, they're out of context, so yeah, it's hard for it me to, hard to tell. God picked yeah. the time might refer to people dying in the house since four people have naturally died in the house. So what's interesting is that it's almost like all of the things that they said would have been things said in that house at some time. Like it doesn't necessarily reflect to me that it is like actively responding to a question Mm -hmm. being asked. Mm -hmm. It's almost as if like the memories have been recorded. Which I love. Which I love. It's like, it's like, uh, I'm sick. And it's like, well, well, do you know when my husband's going to die? And it's like, well, God will have to pick the time. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like it, it almost feels like snatches of conversation that would have happened there. I love that. I don't know if they did this, if they would have done this at that time, but maggots were used medicinally to clean um, wounds to they prevent probably them did. from becoming gangrenous, uh, which is a delicious little <laughs> did you know that abraham lincoln could have survived being shot if we wouldn't have leached his blood oh is that what we did we did that <laughs> they carted his body off to a hospital or somewhere else and then they leached his blood and he would have made it if we would not have done that well we like i was oh, part of it yeah. if if people would not have done that well morgan I was a part of it. (laughs) I was that week. You may not, you may not remember, right? um, But it was a stressful time, Mm -hmm. and nobody really knew what to do. And he was losing blood, so the only thought we had was, well, that's a body's natural process. Why don't we nudge it along? Yeah. Why don't we put a slug on it? And there was some maggots in there. Let's have a good time. But anyway, yeah, if you need uh, to clean a wound and you're in a cave somewhere, don't put out some moldy cheese, attract some maggots, and just put it right on there. Ugh, we had maggots in our trash can at home in the summer once, and I almost vomited in the trash can, which would have been a good place to do it, but then there would have been more maggots, and I don't want to enable them, you know? Oh, God, that's really horrible. Yeah. But that's my Civil War um, health advice. (laughs) So I'm going to get into some of the stories, the personal accounts that Deborah herself wrote. I found it on the official website. I almost didn't see any of them. And it sheds a pretty interesting light on her relationship with Sally the ghost. And definitely kind of makes me think that there's something else in the house. Because what she's experiencing with Sally does not seem at all anything like what Tony's experiencing. Which sucks for Tony, because he's suffering and she's having a gay old time with her BFF Sally. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, suspicious. Yeah. So, here's a story of appliance malfunctioning. <laughs> Tony decides to do some chores. He puts a load of laundry in the dryer, turns it on, starts to vacuum, plugs it in, vacuum turns on as they do. And then all of the appliances, which just happens every now and then, turn off. The kitchen mm-hmm. ones, the dryer, everything turns off. Then he turns it back on, and then everything else turns back on, and it happens a couple times, and he yells, Sally, knock it off and leave the vacuum alone. And she does. She stops, as any seven-year-old who was scolded by her male authority, and she's not a bad kid, she stops. 
He vacuums, he finishes. After 90 minutes or whatever, Deborah goes to get the clothes from the dryer, and everything has brownish spots on it. Hell yeah. And no! And <laughs> she wonders what in her laundry, what on her nice white towels could put a browner spot, and she realizes it's dried blood. And she takes a step back and realizes that their cat had let itself into the dryer. <gasps> and... Yeah. And she believes that... She believes that Sally... Tony, I fucking ask you to do the laundry one, one time. fucking I, time. I know men kind of fumble. Me I know men pretend I they don't do know. everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's like guys not knowing how to do something to the extreme to not have to do it anymore. Well, one of the ways that um, men avoid mm-hmm. doing housework mm-hmm. is to feign know. incompetence. I can't She's do like, it. oh wait, you're not supposed to put the cat I in thought the it was wet. I thought I had to dry it. Uh, so, yeah. She believes that Sally was trying to warn them by turning off the appliances while this was happening. Because she was like, hey, 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 stop. There's a cat in here. And I, I don't know if the dark presence no. put the cat in there. I don't know. I don't know if Sally was trying to stop it. I thought she was just trying to mess with his chores. But man, oh so God. dead cat, check. Ne- so the cat's like officially dead. Yeah, the cat's dead. God, that's fucking nasty. Yeah, you gotta throw away a dead cat, and that dead cat has ruined the all of your clothes and a fucking dryer. I want to, like, inconvenience that many people with my death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I plan on it. Yeah. I want people on their hands and knees scrubbing <laughs> up the fucking windmill of blood spatter. Oh, my God. Mmm. So. <laughs> right? <laughs> Moving on. There was a Sally sighting on Halloween. No, I don't mm-hmm. know if... Actually, on Halloween, the veil is thinnest and they can communicate with spirits or what have you. But Tony saw Sally on Halloween. It was nighttime. He went into the kitchen to get a glass of water. He went into the cupboard, grabbed a glass, turned to go to the fridge, and saw a girl standing in the middle of his kitchen. And this mm. was from Deborah writing it, and he told her everything right when he ran back into the room, and he described it as thinking that one of the neighbor girls had gotten into his house and he wondered firstly why is this girl in my house and then he noticed she wasn't dressed according to the 90s she didn't have any (laughs) any neon or excuse me where is your puffy sweatshirt yeah um miss where is your oversized flannel where's your windbreaker your your gigantic overalls yeah what where's your scrunchie why do your clothes appear to fit (laughs) um and then he realized, oh, man, this is probably a ghost. He dropped his... <laughs> oh, he dropped his cup, looked down at it, looked back up, and she was gone. And he ran back to Deborah and described it. She looked just as real as you and I, innocent looking and sweet. She had a surprised look on her face as if she was just as curious. She wasn't scary looking at all, because he expected a ghost because of the ghost experiences he've had he's had he expected it to be a freaking demon which 
probably might be a demon somewhere. Yeah, I mean, demons have nothing but time to build a really, mm-hmm. what did you say, unclockable... Unclockable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, fucking disguise. I don't know. What if I don't it's think just, a demon would just, like, it put out its It might be Charles just face. fucking with them for the pageantry of it all. He's just really bitter. Unclockable. Unclockable. Watch me. <laughs> like, they take a shower and the steam in the mirror, he writes Unclockable. <laughs> He, like, draws his figure skating routine on the mirror. God, I wish it was Charles. Me too. If we could have a a vintage drag haunting. I really hope that's what was going to happen. Like, he was... Oh, my God. It was a man ghost dressed as a little girl. That'd be creepy and hilarious. What if it was a full-grown man Mm -hmm. dressed in ice skates? In the kitchen. You're like, you're not one of the neighbors. And then he's like, watch me. <laughs> he does his triple axel. Stick the landing. And then Tony applauds. He goes about this day. He described her. <laughs> back to Sally. He described her as having short brown hair pulled up with a bow. She had big eyes. She was wearing a lace dress showing that she was either taken care of well or wealthy. And he couldn't tell if her feet were on the floor and she just stared at him. And that's all that happened to him. He didn't talk to her. He didn't see her again. I think he's seen her like out of the corner of his eye once or twice before, but this is the first time he actually saw her. Mm-hmm. So, they also kind of get glimpses of her. They've tested taking photos around the house to see if they can track her. There's often, if they're going up the stairs, they take a picture of the stairs, and there's a blur going up the stairs. And I've seen a lot of pictures with the blur from them and from Mm -hmm. other investigators. And they themselves took pictures with the baby, near the baby, and without the baby. And every time it was a picture with the baby, there was a blue blur right around the baby. Oh. Which a psychic said that blue represents nurturing and love. Yeah. What I would say, I mean, I'm no psychic, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I would say... Anytime you have, like, an image of, like, uh, a blur over a baby's crib or, like, over a baby mm-hmm. and, it, and it seems non-threatening, mm-hmm. that tells me, like, family member, guardian angel. Like, that tells me somewhat, like, a protective mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. force, nothing And that's why negative. I think that Sally has, if this is Sally's ghost, I think that she decided now to show up, I think. And this is what they think, that she loves this baby. And she's treating mm-hmm. it like it's her own brother or sister kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And now they bring in psychic Barbara Connor. And she's going to help Ugh. explain psychic what she's seeing. Psychic of the 90s ass right? Barbara. Barbara Connor. I bet she had a Hi, I'm Barbara Connor. Oh, yeah. She had hairsprayed hair, a big old sweater, Hell and some yeah, she did. khaki mid-rise capris. That's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm seeing. Some boat shoes. Um, she enters the house, and right away she identifies a seven-year-old girl, Sally. Mm-hmm. She describes her as having pain in her abdomen, her hand, and her teeth. So I haven't—I don't know about the hand and teeth, but maybe she. I mean, it was eighteen hundreds. She could have had all this shit going on. They never would have known. She mm-hmm. said that Sally had been hurt by the man—the hand of a man, perhaps her father. 
So, it could have been the doctor that tried to help her, but he, she died on his table. Or maybe her father was abusive. Mm-hmm. All we know is that it seems like she has some male trust issues. I don't think enough to make her violent towards males, but... I think any girl, young girl, in her time period would have male trust issues. I don't know if any yeah. of the fathers were necessarily great. <laughs> Just... <laughs> A good father is an absent father in yeah. the 1800s. <laughs> no, there were probably nice dads. Yeah. I can't like not... think of any off the top of my head. Yeah. I don't personally happened. know any. <laughs> but I don't personally not know any. Well, it was a long time ago. Yeah. And I was busy with Lincoln's death. Mm-hmm. I don't As remember interviewing any family <laughs> units. So Barbara starts to talk to Sally and Sally mentions some things that Deborah does that bugs her. Like being too bossy and having too many rules I can't remember them all (laughs) so it seems like the in Deborah mentions she talks to Sally like there's a seven-year-old girl there if Sally does something she'll say hey you stop it you know you can't do that in the house so it seems like she's acknowledging it like there's a real seven-year-old she's messing with she's moving things in the house they put a, a stuffed bear in the nursery room at the corner and she moved it to the center mm-hmm. and she moves the ceiling fan the strings what do you call them the little pulleys yeah, she'll uh, kind of mess with strings strings <laughs> she'll mess with those she's done some stuff enough for them to know that there's a at least a non-malicious presence in the house that seems okay. to be a girl mischievous mischievous. mischievous a spunky presence a spunky presence i've been calling <laughs> the seven-year-old that i babysit I will often say, oh, the sass. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh my god, attitude queen. Mm-hmm. And then she will be like, what does that mean? Oh. And I'm like, it's like having like, you know, you're sass. You're yeah. being sassy with me. Your attitude. And she was like, what does sassy mean? And I'm like, queen. And then she's like, what is, why? <laughs> but she's like slowly started to like. Good. Teacher. Like the other day I was just like, literally. And she was like, literally. Glitch. <laughs> <laughs> Like, literally, Queen. So, like, the moment she, like, calls her mom, like, okay, Queen, and then I'll, uh-huh. like, know that it's, like, done. It's, like, yes. fully Perfect. the osmosis. Perfect. It's set. I, I don't know why that. I brought that up. I love it. Can't remember. Because she's a seven-year-old <laughs> girl, much like Sally. Yeah, true. There it is. So, Deborah brings up that Sally scratches Tony a lot and wakes the baby up at night, and she considers that negative behavior. And those are some of the rules that she has for Sally not to do. And Barbara says, set rules as if she's an actual person. She will follow them. Don't let her do that anymore. So it's kind of like what? a psychic and a nanny. Kind of telling her what's what. And um, Psychic nanny, now on NBC. Tuesdays. <laughs> Tuesdays at 7. Yeah, it'll be like the show The Nanny, except for mm-hmm. the not kids British. that are out of control are dead. Yeah. Ooh. Psychic nanny. <laughs> She's got to be British. She's got. I know just the woman, the woman from the you? fucking show that I love to watch. She has blonde hair. She talks like this, like right in her mouth. Oh fuck! What is her name? Shit, I can't remember. But okay. she would be a great. I'll send some emails. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be, we'll get it done. So Sally told Barbara that she felt safe and comfortable in the house and would probably stay there. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't seem like Sally is experiencing any negative energies in the house. Like Deborah. did they talk about the like cat situation? Mm-mm. Like did she 
They don't mention the cat. They don't mention Tony feeling like he wants to murder his wife. He might not have brought it up at this point because he didn't bring it up in the 90s when they were on TV because he probably thought he was going crazy and it wasn't the house. But he did bring it up in the 2000s. So he might not have told anyone at this point. So... Okay. Deborah asked Barbara to ask Sally if she could start fires because Deborah had experienced that briefly before in the house. And Sally responded by saying she could start fires, she could walk through walls, move things, turn electrical items on and off, all based off of her energy. Mm-hmm. So she sounds like a That's just a seven year old girl being nice like, Look at all the shit I can do. Hey. A resume of Yeah. Afterlife yeah. skills. She said she could also evoke scent and that she was trying to do so to get them to know what she liked. And they had all smelled cherry Kool-Aid at that point. And before they had smelled broccoli, which is weird that she would like broccoli and perfume. And Sally said, I will show off for your friends if you want me to. (laughs) So she seems like a pretty cool kid. (laughs) I don't mind her. Why does this kid not want to go to heaven? I... I think she wants to be there with the baby. I think she hadn't really found any reason to move on or really do anything. And now she's finally got something to play with, you know? And, um, Tony... Okay, so, Tony showed a drawing to the psychic during this meeting of an image that had come to him in a dream. And it was of a little girl in a blue dress with brown hair. And next to her was a little boy leaning up against a tree. And mm-hmm. Barbara immediately acknowledged that that girl was Sally, and she said it was a good likenessness of her. But we don't know mm-hmm. who the boy is, but we've heard a boy ghost in here. So I think maybe she had a brother who might have died young. It was that time period. Or maybe she died, and she didn't get to see him grow up. So maybe she just kind of needs to nurture this child to feel like she's living with her brother, and maybe then she'll be able to move on. I don't what know. What on earth? This is complicated. It is complicated. So they move on up to the nursery which is upstairs for the baby. Barbara says mm-hmm. that when they go up the stairs, she runs up the stairs with you. They mm-hmm. get in the nursery and Barbara says that Sally's in the corner and that Sally's freaking out because there's too many people in the, nurse- in the nursery. And it's Barbara, Tony, and Deborah. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming the baby's in the nursery because that's where babies go. And she freaked out and said someone had to leave. I'm assuming it was Tony. I don't think she liked him too much. Mm-hmm. And so he left. And... The blue blur Barbara could kind of feel over the baby. Mm-hmm. So Deborah left Sally a bunch of toys so she could have something to play with and she might not mess with their stuff so often. And included was some crayons and paper, hoping that Mia she could- Dolan. Mia Dolan hey, is the name of, <laughs> of the British blonde haired nice. woman who I would we recommend to be uh, the ghost nanny okay sorry i knew that i knew that that would come but the reason i was thinking about mia dolan just now is because she has this great bit where she's like a ghost is not a pet you know you can't keep it around if there's something there it's got to go home and it's making me think like why would they need to help her go home like all right well settle in like got you some toys like it's like no she belongs with her family like she belongs not there i don't know it's just strange to me that they didn't think like do like a clearing it feels kind of selfish like it's like she has her own seven-year-old daughter and she won't give her up 
Well, she, yeah. And also, like, it's not just, like, a cute, like, party trick for your friend. Like, it's like, yeah. this is a real child who doesn't know what's best for her and is mm-hmm. choosing to stay when she's probably scared of moving anywhere because she doesn't know what to expect. Yeah. It's so sad. Mm, I don't know. I don't approve. Yeah. So, Deborah wrote in crayon, how old are you? Mm-hmm. And Sally actually responded in crayon and wrote seven. Which what is, do you mean responded she, in crayon? She wrote on the paper with crayons and wrote seven. What the fuck? Yeah. Did she, you see a crayon move? She didn't see it happen. She left the room. I think it took a couple days and oh, she came back and it okay. was written in seven. But they okay. had mentioned a photograph because she would affect photos several days after they were developed. Mm-hmm. And in a photograph, it I think it was just of the room and the crayons were there. And the next time they looked... One of the crayons was standing up with the tip on the bottom. Ooh. And, like, the shadows didn't match up. The shadows were showing that it was, like, laying down. Mm-hmm. Really, that was spooky. That's some spooky shit. That's that pretty spooky. I feel like that's not Sally. That's spooky shit. Maybe it is. I don't know. So, the Ugh. last instances of sightings that she recorded were in 93, their first Christmas with the baby. And at this point, it was after the psychic came, she felt like part of the family, and they knew she was there if the ceiling fan strings swayed, if they moved even when the fan wasn't on, they could kind of expect mm-hmm. that she was there. Mm-hmm. And usually, they wouldn't always acknowledge her, because she just is there all the time. But one time, she was feeling pretty feisty, and she wanted some acknowledgement, and they would give it to her, so she bit Tony on the back of the thigh. <gasps> And there was no one else in no. the house besides the family. The baby did not have teeth yet. Tony had bite marks on his thigh, which mm. seems to me like it's not Sally. I don't know if she'd do that. Maybe she was if she was feeling unacknowledged, but maybe it wasn't her. Mm. Yeah. You think she'd just pull his hair or something? Yeah, that's not like a... Seven-year-olds don't bite. just give you a flesh wound. Especially if, you if she has attention. pain in her teeth. I don't think she'd be using her teeth, you know? It's just not a natural... Yeah. People don't do that. Like, yeah. be, be, you just don't You just don't fucking do that. Yeah, especially the back uh, of the thigh. What? Well, I mean, like, theoretically, that's where, like, how tall she would be. But, like, not but even... He was, oh, I think he was uh, sitting down, which was weird. Oh, that just gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. That doesn't... That's not a... Okay, bite marks and consistent scratching does not, not align sad. itself mm-hmm. with playful mischievous spirit that is like someone is physically injuring mm-hmm. you and Ugh, tony's this up. is all happening to tony all the bad shit's happening to tony and the cat mm-hmm. but i don't know if the cat was just an accident or what but well about the cat i i don't know it's hard because it seems like if everything was turning off sporadically then maybe the cat did get in accidentally and then she was yeah. trying to turn it off or whoever, whatever was there was trying to turn it off. But it also seems like the, a hell of a freak accident. Yeah, it I does. Don't know. It's crazy. You think it would have noticed yeah, the cat? Yeah. Well, you to might like not, not, not sleep. To not hear a cat like in a dryer. You, it would and to meow. also like, like it would to, howl. How, how would you close a dryer drawer and not notice that there was it a cat It might have in hidden there? in the towels and fell asleep. Cats are mischievous, but yeah, you would think he would see it. Anywho. It's just all suspicious. Yeah. So, Christmas time. We're going to get into the fires. So, starting off, Deborah 
kept the way she writes about Sally is she feels so bad for her she feels for her she loves this kid it's like her own kid then let her move on you can't yeah. fucking keep her like an iguana oh okay Okay, sorry. The house phone is ringing. So, (laughs) she feels bad for her seeing everyone else get presents under the tree for Christmas and not getting anything herself. So she wraps up a doll for Sally and she puts it in the nursery because that's kind of where the baby is. That's where she chooses to be. That's where her toys are. That's kind of her room. And she Uh wraps it up and leaves it in the room. And several days later, it is unwrapped. This kid has opened it. It is her Christmas present. And she gets her a cradle. She puts it under the Christmas tree for Christmas also. She gets a couple gifts. Which I think is terrifying. How can she unwrap a gift? That's incredible. That's fucked. So they're that's, having... That's <laughs> it's straight insane. Nasty. It's insane. I don't give a shit if it's supposed to be a seven-year-old girl. Or a if demon. there's an otherworldly fucking spirit unwrapping a motherfucking gift. Shit's getting exercised yeah. out Screw the house. biting. The Get unwrapping the is terrifying. out. Yeah. So you can bite the fuck out of me, <laughs> but don't you go unwrapping Mm-mm. no gifts. Don't fuck unwrap no. my gifts. Don't unwrap my gifts. Damn it. <laughs> so they're having a Christmas Eve Christmas party and a family mm. member was walking up the stairs and all of a sudden they look over and they notice that Sally's doll has caught fire on its head. <gasps> the top of his head was on fire and <gasps> there's a lot of carpets around. It was an older doll. It's very flammable they catch it in time they put out the fire they were going upstairs so maybe she feared that they were gonna go into the nursery and mess with the baby i don't it was a male so i don't know but she it seems like they think she sets the fires to get their attention because they had a stern talking to with her they said you can't start fires to get our attention and they had the idea of trying to give her a controlled outlet for this so they gave her an old-fashioned oil lamp for whenever she was trying to get their attention. No. And no. And she was you like, don't. "Oh, she's trying to follow the rules." The later that night, they had a Santa, which was really weird. They had a Santa come in the house and deliver presents cuz this lady seemed so extra. And the Santa opened the door and immediately freaked out and was staring like 5 feet off behind Deborah. And she looked and it's the oil lamp and it's got like billowing smoke. It's feet up in the air. The fire is crazy, but it's in this oil lamp. And she's like, aw, she's following the rules. Good for her. You can't okay. let her start fires. I Can think- I just- Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so here, here, oh They're my enablers. God. This is the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my motherfucking life. Mm-hmm. You, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Yep. You've got a spirit. Mm-hmm. That you know has the ability to start fires. Because we know she set a fire in the nursery in the 50s, too. Throwing that out there. You know mm-hmm. that this thing could potentially this. end the life of everyone in this home. It could kill the baby it loves dearly. So you provide this thing... With more fire! With a literal fueled source mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of ignition i never said she had it it's together. not as it's <laughs> not as if an oil lamp is impervious Mm-mm. to external Falling sources over? you can knock over an oil lamp 
if the if fire's strong enough, it could go off. An ember could go. It anything. Get her a whiteboard, for Christ's sake. A whiteboard. What any child would dream of having. Mm-hmm. Simply I still dream of having. Markers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't. I just am having so much trouble wrapping my head around the idiocy mm-hmm. that would lead mm-hmm. to giving a spirit the means to kill you. Mm-hmm. So. Well, we know this demon really likes to scratch people. So we got him one of those kitten scratch boards because we know. So we got him a knife. So we felt like we wanted to give him an outlet, you know, because like if you want to scratch, you know, we get that. But but you can't be, you know, scratching on us. That would actually be a more sane because you can't kill an entire family with a kitten scratch board. Not unless you it, try real hard. Well, you could, you could, <laughs> but not as easily as with Fire. a motherfucking gas. She's lamp. a seven-year-old girl. I'm still not allowed to light candles in the house a by myself. Demon, or she's a demon, or you, there's a demon. <sighs> you don't trust seven-year-olds with fire. You don't trust them with knives. You don't trust them with anything. Their math homework. Anything. You don't trust them with telling you the exact amount of time they're supposed to be practicing their piano. Mm-hmm. And you don't motherfucking trust them with a gas lamp. No, you don't. Even if they were a seven-year-old, but which I do not necessarily believe, but if it was literally anything else, that's so motherfucking stupid. Holy shit. I don't Barbara know. Barbara or Deborah or whoever you are. I, I do believe maybe that Sally is there, but I don't know if the fire is her. Because she wouldn't do anything. I don't know why she would all of a sudden be gifted with the ability of fire. And I don't know why she would set things on fire that could potentially harm the baby that she cares about. Here's the thing. This all seems like... Number one, I don't totally trust the psychic that came in. Because I've heard a lot of psychic walkthroughs. And I have Mm. never heard some of the stuff you told me about the communicate. Like, go, like, spirits aren't just like, yeah, I'll perform for you. Yeah, I fucking love to do this. Okay, Mm -hmm. give me rules. Yes, yeah. Like, spirits, it's much more disjointed and often more meaningful than that. Yeah. Uh, Usually, spirits that have died in violent ways are scared. Like, they are not and if she truly mm. was terrified of a male presence she would hide in a closet like she wouldn't mm-hmm. bite him on the thigh she wouldn't scratch him she wouldn't show herself to him if uh, uh, like they just like little girls at that mm-hmm. time wouldn't just be like all right it's time to go on the fucking offensive i'm gonna <laughs> scratch his motherfucking eyes Let's out you know Exactly. Like, if she really did live in fear of the physical abuse of a man, Mm -hmm. she would hide. Mm -hmm. Because that's what scared children do. They hide. Mm -hmm. They don't fucking burn down your house. (laughs) Okay, well, that's my treatise on this. Okay, continue. No, that was was all that Deborah wrote. This is just... It doesn't doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. And they... She doesn't talk anymore about demonic presences she doesn't mention the cat she doesn't talk anymore about that kind of stuff it wouldn't even necessarily need to be demonic it could just be something really malicious yeah like like and also this deborah is the mom Mm -hmm. is that her name she seems extremely easy to manipulate like she seems like so easy to persuade like the moment like she like this spirit whoever or whatever it is 
could have chosen the form that would be most appealing to this woman to the point where this woman is like, oh, well, why don't we give her a present? Because she'll talk to her. She'll just talk to her. She'll be like, now you can't look. And when I'm wrapping your Christmas present and when she when she writes about her, it's like she's writing about her own kid. It's crazy. Is so nasty because guess what? I bet whatever that thing is, they know that that is the exact thing that they can do to get right mm-hmm. into that woman's brain. I think, either, and because yeah, I think either Sally well, is real, and there's also a presence abusing how much she cares about Sally, or there is a malicious presence that is just abusing them, and it's messing with Tony because he might be the most because fun Tony to isn't, or Tony isn't, wouldn't. Uh, it's the same thing with like the kid it's like or the kid or the person who's like really so it's like you have two siblings Mm -hmm. and one is always like doing really awful shit to one of them but whenever the mom comes in they're like really cute and sweet and then the the mom always believes that kid and not the other and the other kid is like you have no idea who this person really is like they just put on an amazing act and then they secretly like fuck up my life me and like, junior high with all my teachers wait what are you talking uh, oh you're kind of well in um i had a class with michaela and jonathan do you remember them you remember michaela remember of course jonathan? okay so i was yes. sitting i was in the middle of them and it was Miss Ware's class. And it was like English class. And I was talking to both of them. I was I was instigating conversation. And every time she would yell at Jonathan or Michaela and tell them to stop talking. And I never ever got punished or acknowledged at all. It was awesome. <laughs> you bastard. But yeah. So I don't know. This sort of strikes me in that vein. And I need I don't to. Know. It's kind of hard to find, you know, research from investigators that's. You know, uh, some of them, it's just like they talk with the Ouija board downstairs and they they heard a, a fly buzzing and they said it was Beelzebub. And it's hard to find some <laughs> it's hard to find some good research on current. Did you investigating. hear a buzz? It was the was terrible. <laughs> that was the buzz of Beelzebub. I've heard the buzz before. That shit is stupid. Yeah. I so like I want I want. A medium to go back with the family and kind of look into it now that here's it's here's what I want. Later. Although I don't think that it would be possible now because it seems like the place is famous enough. Mm-hmm. It's very. I want a medium who has never heard of it, mm-hmm. who has no idea what's supposed to be in there. Mm-hmm. Get a fucking okay. I'm gonna say it again. Mia Dolan. She's lives in Great Britain. She would probably have no idea about this house. There you go. Bring yeah. Bring her the fucking. Bring in a medium that has no idea. I had no idea until yesterday when I was researching it. <laughs> but we're no psychics. We've no, made we're it no clear. psychics. I'm a doctor. But <laughs> I'm a professional hypochondriac, though. Um, w- like they need to bring in someone that can't just like super easily capitalize off of like ooh there is a little girl and she's got a bow on and yeah. she loves I'm getting you. Like, Sally mm. yeah exactly it's like she likes broccoli <laughs> like you could say you could say whatever the fuck and then everyone's gonna be like oh my god there was supposed to be a little girl here mm-hmm. and even though a bunch of other people have died in the house and like other stuff has happened they still call it the Sally house which means they have decided yeah that she never this even lives the there ghost that we are going to capitalize off of Mm -hmm. and it was just a girl who happened to have violently died there Mm -hmm. and to me it wouldn't make sense that it would make sense for 
to me, if if she had violently died there, if people heard snatches of screaming yeah. or if they felt extreme grief or mm-hmm. sadness in that room or they got a pain in there if they got a pain in their stomach if like that's what i would not be surprised mm-hmm. people would experience because of a traumatic death i like if she, to have an intelligent such an intelligent, intelligent spirit like choose to stay in the place that she had never been before mm-hmm. but just happened to have violently died in which might have been more right. comforting to her than going home if she had trouble at home. But there's something there. Yes, I don't but know what, what it is. What, what was your life like if the yeah. most comforting place you can think of is a place where you got ripped open by a doctor? Exactly. Like, it just doesn't it doesn't add up to me. I don't think. I think there's something there. I, do, I don't, I, I don't doubt that there's something there. But mm-hmm. the way that they seem to have, like, they know, decided yeah. what it is, yeah. I don't buy. Yeah. Yeah, like I went to this place, the Morris Jumal Mansion, and it's it's like supposedly supposed to be like haunted by Aaron Burr and like George Washington. And Aaron Burr did live there briefly, hmm. but when I was in there, it just felt kind of cold and musty and empty. It honestly hmm. felt really empty. It did not feel. It didn't give me half the feeling, even a third. Like it, it, I just felt nothing. Mm-hmm. Whereas whenever I was in the Merchant house that i talked about a couple episodes ago Mm -hmm. i it was literally like wading through hot soup like every room was so heavy and warm and and lived in but like when i was in the morris gmail place i was just like oh that's crazy george washington fucking worked in this room but Mm. it didn't it it was just like oh fun i didn't feel Mm anything but because he had worked in there and because Aaron Burr had lived in there people choose to be like oh this is a this is a presidential haunt because Mm -hmm. this person was here and it's like if I was George Washington I would haunt my home like I would haunt someplace nice I wouldn't haunt the place that I like happened to do some war planning yeah like I'm not gonna oh my god if I haunted any of my former places of work it would only be to terrorize my former managers oh yeah <laughs> I'd like to haunt PetSmart just so I could be with dogs all the time and Aww. they'd see me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it just <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it, it, anyway, it just doesn't this shit just doesn't add up to mm-hmm. me. But I love the story it's and fun. the fact that a cat was fucking shaken Aww, not scared. That, yeah. And <laughs> that's that's some nasty ass shit. And that mama seems dumb as hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've been watching Texans talk when I say shit like that. Mama seems that dumb as hell. <laughs> that mama seems dumb as hell. Mm-hmm. My mama was a beauty queen. So we've got that's my favorite Texas phrase to say that I said she's recently. A beauty queen. <laughs> my mama was a beauty queen. That's like I, I decided that. that's the most Texas thing that I could possibly say. It's not true. And my mom's cornbread and okra. That's the most cornbread and okra. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be able to make it like my mama. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, don't believe it. Yeah. I do believe it, but I don't. I believe the pageantry of the drag figure <laughs> skater. I believe it in my heart. It was in his obituary. I read it. Um, I believe that something's there. I believe that Deborah is a bit off. I believe that Tony's been through some shit. And yeah. Do we know how long the quote-unquote unbalanced woman lived there? Um... Not very long. A couple years. Let me... Hold on. Let me see if I can pull up and do some numbers. Because it seems way more likely to me. It seems like it might be her. 
if that if there's anything if a bad man there. has started to want to hurt his family members ah yeah then it's he wanted that to, yeah it would be the haunting of a quote-unquote woman who had to be restrained by four men like why did they choose to have this child be the center of it when so i'm gonna do some guessing but in 1906 she signed the house away from her name and Mm -hmm. the michael finney the main one had two sons one of them was charles who lived in the house for a long time the other one was Mm -hmm. james who died in the house two years after his dad did so 1874 Mm -hmm. And I think James is the one who signed, who did the second house. So she mm-hmm. must have had it from early 1870s to early 1900s. So like 30 years. That's a long ass time to be in a house to be so crazy. I'm sure she had some sort of effect on this house. That's why I like it. She didn't seem very influential to the story when I was reading the history of it. But that's why I do the well, history because I think she obviously had an impact. They didn't choose to emphasize her story. Mm-hmm. It seems like she's got next to the figure skating drag queen. Mm-hmm. It seems mm-hmm. like she has the most interesting, palpable something is off, but they did not choose to and explore. That, that might be why Sally, if Sally is there, I believe she probably does love the baby because of some sort of childlike love of a brother or want to care for it and that might be she might be protecting the baby from joanne or trying to if she's there that's what i think. I don't know i don't know i don't buy because i would want to protect I, a baby from that crazy lady if she's there but then she'll be afraid of her and mention her so i i, I it's very confusing i can see I'm her put sure. a cat in the dryer i can see joanne doing that hey yo maybe maybe but it's all We'll have to... Well, I don't know if we'll ever find out. <laughs> no, we probably won't. But that's that's my theory. Yeah. Ugh. It's a Ugh. interesting story, nonetheless. There's stuff going right. on. I have a surprise for you. In the form of a listener story that I know you love. I'm so happy. Okay. So, this is from Tina. Hi, Tina. She says... Hi from Norway. Ooh. I have a st- mm. <laughs> I have a story that has stuck with me for the past 12 years mm. and I've never really spoken about because honestly it scared me shitless. Mm. That is my favorite way mm-hmm. to start a motherfucker. Thanks for sharing with us, Tina. That means a lot. Yes. Yeah, it does. Then again, that's what you guys are going for, so I'll have at it. <sighs> Too true. <laughs> a bit of background. Norway was occupied by the Nazis during World War II, and the Nazis built most of the airstrips slash airbases in the north of Norway. There are more or less, these are more or less still in use today, one of which I was stationed at. Told you, everyone that listens to this podcast is ex-military. It is so funny. (laughs) It's so random. I love it. It is. I was 19 at the time and working operations, which meant we had one week of day shifts and one week of night shifts and so on. Okay. In the operations building, which was brand new, we had access to surveillance cameras for random parts of the base, including ones for the old operations, which was underground in a mountain, which was built by the Nazis. (laughs) That's the most Scandinavian Mm -hmm. shit I've ever heard. (laughs) True. 
After getting to know some of the various officers, no offense, I don't associate the Nazis with Scandinavia. Uh, After getting to know some of the various officers, some of whom had been stationed there since the Cold War, Mm. one of them told me that he felt like there was some seriously spooky shit in the old operations cave and that I should be grateful that I didn't have to spend waking nights down there as he had once done. He went on to tell me its origins, which alone scared the shit out of me because Nazis plus history plus old scary bunker-like places sounds like a fucking bad time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You might be right. A fair (laughs) statement indeed. Luckily, we were always three or more staff during the night. And one night I told the other guys I was on duty with this story. Girl, I love that you fucking did that. Mm Mm-hmm. That you were all just like huddled around hanging out and you were like, you know about those Nazi caves, right? (laughs) Allow me to spin you a yarn. Uh, 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 I was on duty with, decided to, and one of them decided to flick through the CCTV channels until we got to the old operations room slash bunker slash horror palace. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that's what it said on the button. That's what I call my recording studio. (laughs) Welcome to the horror palace. (laughs) As we started to flick through the channels, a sense of dread washed over me as the camera flicked through a long hallway running into the mountain, only lit by emergency lights. Mm -mm. The next picture showed a a row of empty desks where people had previously worked for ages. There are desks still. Abandoned furniture is not okay. Abandoned furniture is the greatest. Leave it. Turn it into a museum. Let me visit. Mm Suddenly, one of the guys yelped and said he saw movement. Thinking he was just being a dick about it, I decided to <laughs> I decided to go outside for a cigarette. That literally sums up my college experience. <laughs> oh my god. I love that. The, the base is not including a Norwegian Nazi cave. The base is located above the Arctic Circle, and so we got a lot of ugh, snow, and it was pretty cold. I stood right by the entrance under a light, trying not to look out the va- onto the vastness of the base because I was freaking myself out thinking about the CCTV. On base during the night, it was just completely quiet unless it was windy, which it wasn't that night. And so about halfway through my cigarette, I started to calm down. Then I heard the crunching of someone walking in the snow. Nope. I turned around thinking it was someone I knew and wondering why the fuck they were so far from the barracks at 2 a.m. Down the road, I saw someone walking along, trudging at a steady pace, but I couldn't see who it was and kept looking as I waited for them to walk into the light from a street light on the road. As soon as the person stepped into the ring of light in the snow, they disappeared. Ah! No! <laughs> to get back into the building, I had to swipe my card and enter the code, which takes a few seconds, but it felt like I was made of dough. And I fumbled like crazy as I heard the crunching of walking coming closer. Uh, uh, Bitch, uh, I would have just laid down in the snow. I would have buried myself in snow, ostrich style. And allowed myself to die quietly. Yeah. Take me, ghost. Take me away. I would die like I've always dreamed of. Like, like Maul Dyer, on my knees on a rock, cursing <laughs> those who put me there. And freezing to death. My God. Okay, I raced back up to the office There's and told more? the guys. Tina, no. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. 
I raced back up to the office and told the guys there was an intruder of some sort, and we woke up the officer who was on duty that night. This was not the same officer as the one who had told me stories, but he just looked at us and said, no need to raise the alarm. It's just a... Oh, God. Fucking Norwegian. Gyan-gang-ya. Oh. Gyan-gang-ya. I can't remember. I looked up how to a pronounce it, and then... Gyan-gang-ya. Uh, okay. Hold on. <laughs> I think I have the pronunciation still up. We're going to see. Okay. Yanganya. <laughs> That's probably so wrong. Yanganya. <laughs> Girl, usually I'm very good at languages, but shit. This is fucking nasty. Um, Sounds anyway, point is, it's Norwegian for ghost. Mm. Uh, but direct translation is again walker. Someone who walks again. It's basically like a Oh, that's kind of cool. Or like a stiff sort of as they refer to it in Russian literature, it's like someone that you basically know is dead walking again. He went out with us to check for safety, but there was no trace of anyone walking in the snow aside from us. I quit smoking after that. <laughs> I probably start smoking even more. <laughs> yeah, me too. I like, smoked and I'm just gonna several cigarettes slide. at once after that. <laughs> I just got some brass knuckles, fitted them <laughs> so that they could each hold a cigarette, and then I would smoke them and hold it like a harmonica and just blow that shit out. A harmonica cigarette holder. That also plays Ooh. music. Yeah, you just like <gasps> inhale and, then and you it can't, plays a when tune. When you exhale, you can't see in front of you, so no worry about ghosts. Done. Mm -hmm. Solved it. I know it's super long and my English is kind of meh because I grew up in Norway, but I just started thinking about it the other day and thought you'd find it at least slightly interesting. Number one, it is not that long. Number two, your English is fantastic. It's great. And idiomatic, which is, that is so impressive. The uh, I could hear the snow crunching. The descriptions were amazing. I'm yeah. terrified. I think at one point she said shit herself or something. And yeah. I'm like, that's the most American English you can do. That's amazing. Well done, Tina. <laughs> uh, thanks for many hours of laughter and a lot of puntastic jokes. Love from Norway, Tina. Ah! Oh, Tina, Thank we you, Tina. love you. We you do. have love from camp. Mm -hmm. You are definitely a camper. And this is fucking crazy that that it's happened. Insane. I can't imagine just looking outside, walking, watching a human walking, and then just, like, disappearing into the light. And then still hearing crunching walking towards you. Mm -hmm. Hell no. Hell no. Mm -hmm. That's too much. It's yeah. all too much. Gangan. 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 That's... <laughs> Norwegian is uh, wicked hard to pronounce. It's and wicked hard. It's fuck off. It's I, ha I have uh, my great grandfather is either from Norway or his parents were. And that's the reason why a lot of the boys in my family have bleach blonde hair. There like, you go. Naturally. Huh. Um, so I do have Norwegian blood. But wow, does it not translate to pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> it is embarrassing. But um. Gosh, we, I just love our fucking ex-military I know, y'all are hardcore. Because they have amazing experiences. They have crazy stories. I still wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh, he was sitting on the wall. 
<laughs> oh god, sideways as hell. Ugh. Mm. Ugh. Yeah, we love when people tell us stories. So mm-hmm. if you have a story um, to rival Tina's, it's not a competition. But if you win, <laughs> you it's not can a competition unless you win. Um, e- email it to us at mm-hmm. letters to camp at gmail Don't worry about it being too long. If mm-hmm. it's really long, then we'll just devote an entire episode yeah. to it. Like that's like never a problem. Uh, yeah, if no. English isn't your first language, don't fucking worry about it. If you're worried about your writing skills, don't fucking mm-hmm. worry about it. Mm-hmm. Just send us your story and we would love to read Hell it. Yeah. I hate when people people seem so apologetic when they send it. Like, And it's like better than like I would have ever written. I would have yeah, been like, like, they're like and wasting then our the time. ghost went boo and I went, ah, uh, thanks for listening. That's how mine would have been. <laughs> yeah, so we really love... Pretty much not anything y'all. and everything. Like, let's keep it to true paranormal. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we love it. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. And if you purchase some of our merch, you should take a picture with it and add us so we can see how it looks. Oh, can yes. Give you a shout I out. really, I want to see how that. I'm curious. I want to see how it all looks. Yeah. I want to see how the, the throw pillow comes out. Hell Yeah. <laughs> There's ah. this awesome, I was so excited when that uh, graphic turned out so good because we have this great graphic of tr- these like bleak, f- bleak forests. And really then it says, good. have a spooky night filled with rest of streams of haunted things on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it would make a really cool t-shirt. Although I didn't want to like make that t-shirt and then not have like a classic camper t-shirt first. Yeah. I don't yeah. want them to be like, oh, so you have the ability to make that t-shirt, but, but you, you can't, can't make, make another razor? fucking t-shirt. Yeah. So we're still working on that. We're working on merch. But, uh, yeah, but uh, I think it'll look really cool. So yeah. I really want to see it in person. So yeah. Anyway, that's our podcast. <laughs> I had a lot of fun today. With yeah, you, Katie. me too. It was a good day at camp. Definitely. Even though it's 17 degrees here in New York City. Oof. It's, it's 40 always here. In nice Houston, which is 40. astonishing. That's cold as hell. I packed a coat, which I thought was overkill coming home. And it it's been necessary. There you go. I wore gloves. Yeah. So we'll have some more some more bleak, spooky stories. I think I've got a story for y'all next week that's gonna be nasty. It's gonna be gross. Good. In in how much it scares, I think. Oh. We'll, we'll see. I'll see y'all next week, alright? Have a spooky night. Filled with rest of stream on the Phantom Podcast Network on downrightcreepy.com. Follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud for more creepy shows. <laughs>